If any one of you that doesn't respect me, you'd have a big dump in your pants. Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. We ask for a little bit of respect. You know, if you uh, if you don't respect me, you got a big dump in your pants, and that's the way we feel, too. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve, all of Brewski, back at it. Yeah. Uh, Brewski just went and did an outfit change in between uh, taping two. <laughs> yeah. Well, keeping it fresh or what? Well, kind of, but the other shirt doesn't quite fit me. I haven't worn this on the show in a while. Young Nicholas bought me this last year, so. Yeah, what does it uh-huh. say? Bru- I, I, I can only read the top. Brewski for you, Ski. Nice. Find it on our online store eventually. <laughs> there you go. All coming with uh, to our online store, uh, Justice for Brewski t-shirts. So this will be up soon. I still want one. <laughs> we got a backlog going. So bumper stickers, yeah. a Brewski man on there. It's going to be a whole store. So There'll be merch. Come on. In the meantime, just go to thevocalminority.net. Listen to the show. Spread the word around. Social medias. Hilarious, good-looking individuals on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spread it all over the place came across uh, something I want to uh, bring up on this program. You can be a part of the conversation. Just talk to yourself, dude. We do it all the time. And you can also email us. TheVocalMinority.net will get you there. I've got a big list, dude, of things that uh, people complain about that we have no sympathy for. We all have those friends where maybe you hear them complain. Maybe you hear the uh, gas station attendant complaining about something. We have little sympathy for certain things. Do you agree? It's written by a conservative that has no sympathy for anyone for anything? No, no, it's not. You're going to hear the list, and then you'll make a prediction as whether a conservative wrote this or not. These, okay. This could be liberal things that, oh, cry me a river, third world problem. You know? Well, listen, yeah, I uh, we've talked about it on the show before. I hate the expression, oh, it's a first world problem. Like, we live in the first world, so yes, our problems are first world. And also the therapeutic principle that all pain is relative. So I would like to think I would be empathetic to anyone complaining about anything because I've been taught that if it's hurting you, then it's that's real to you. But come on, there are things that people come and 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 complain about or tell you about that they're being hurt by that you compare with your own stuff. Even subconsciously you do. You say, oh, wow, I wish that were my problem. Yeah. Well, maybe. Am I right? Somebody's like, oh, the Mercedes dealership only had the jet black. I wanted gray black. Like, yes. Okay, maybe that I'd have limited sympathy for him. But all right, give me some, give me some examples. See how empathetic we are. We all have people in our lives who seem to love to do nothing more than whine and complain. That's how this list got put together. Uh, there are certainly some legitimate problems, this author points out. Yeah, who is it by? Does we give them credit? EBW, uh, curation editor. A lot of times things people whine about are either within their control or a result of their own actions. In this list... We see answers from people who responded to the question, what is something people complain about and you have no sympathy for? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm glad that you both are ready. Let's take a look at this. People who throw tantrums and yell at minimum wage workers. (laughs) The first one. We just talked about it on our last podcast. Uh, We hate all these people that do that to minimum wage workers. So, yeah, I have zero sympathy for that. (laughs) Well, this would be like uh, number one on the list: people that murder children. Uh, no sympathy for that. You're yelling at fast food workers. Obviously, you're a terrible human being. That's what you're going to complain about. Oh, some oh. guy at Starbucks today didn't put enough foam on my cappuccino. Yeah, but we love to go watch the videos. Uh, another one that uh, is on the list: parents that absolutely have to tell you how tired they are and how you don't have a right to say you're tired unless you have kids. Uh, oh, well, I was with you up until the end tag part. Uh, people complain about being tired and exhausted and overworked and stressed out all the time. That's something that I think we all have a lot of empathy for. Yeah, but if you tag it on like, oh, because I'm a parent, you don't understand. Well, now you're being a douchebag. So. Yeah. You'd, be, you'd be surprised to somebody that doesn't have kids how often I hear stuff like this. You know, Yo, you know what? Like, no one forced you to have kids. Yeah, that's true. No that's one forced true. you. I, I mean, there's a million things that can exhaust us all in this world. Yeah, kids are certainly one of them. But 
so can just your job, your life, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your neighbor. Like, you know, that's an it's all relative, Steve. Yeah. So, so far we have two douchebag categories on this list. People yeah. that would throw being a parent in someone else's face uh, versus yelling at fast food workers. Have you ever heard a self-proclaimed sugar baby? Do we know what a sugar baby is, Brewski? I sure do. Tell us, please. A sugar baby is one of those hot chicks that that gets the wood put to her by an older dude who pays for her apartment and oh. her car and all that sort of thing. Pays she's for her company. Lady, she's the young it's lady. It's the other that, side of the sugar daddy relationship. Exactly, yes. Uh, I see. Have you ever heard a self-proclaimed sugar baby complain that her partner dumped her for a younger woman? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I guess I guess on the interweb I've seen that. I don't know in real life per se, but you don't know any sugar uh, babies. <laughs> I don't think I do, but I don't know. If you're uh living on someone else's paycheck and um you're gonna complain about that, I think that takes some douchebagginess as well. So yeah. four for four. <laughs> four for four. Uh how do you feel about drunk drivers that a thirty dollar cab is not more expensive or more of a hassle than lifelong crippling injuries and financial ruin from paying out the family of the man you killed? People trying to get in their car drunk is one of the few things I will get confrontational about. I have zero sympathy. <laughs> Wait, who am I supposed to be feeling bad for? The drunk guy that doesn't want to pay for a cab? No, you know, dude. Don't no, make him you're... pay for an Uber. Come on. He because he's fine. Let him drive. Give... No. Who's well, upset you... in this scenario? Not only are you not supporting Brewski in this career that he needs these these fares, okay? A Brewski well, for you, Ski. Uh, but you're being irresponsible by saying he, can't, he need, doesn't need a cab. He needs a cab, dude. I'm not saying that. I'm saying who in this dynamic am I supposed to think is whining about stuff I don't have empathy for? The guy that's whining is the drunk driver saying, oh, I got to spend 30 bucks on a cab. You know, I'll just drive myself. You don't have sympathy for him, do you? No, not that guy. I don't know. Because you're putting other people in danger. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of people, dude. A lot of people that complain about, I got to pay $30 for an Uber. You know, like uh, people want to drive drunk, dude. And I have zero, zero sympathy. I was you? being sarcastic, but I've never no. seen it in a bar where someone's like, hey, buddy, you better take a cab. And someone else interjects like, let the guy drive, man. Who are you to tell him? You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with that scenario. I thought we were all pretty anti-driving. So, Yeah, well, uh, we are in public, but when's the last time you took a drive drunk? You know, I mean, uh, I can say for me sure. that I've I've done it. And, uh, you know, have been, I don't want to call a cab, you know, like, I, don't have any sympathy for me. Okay? No, I, I, I wouldn't be complaining to people about that, looking for sympathy. So, <laughs> had to call a cab last night. That was wasted. Couldn't even get my, drive my car oh, off. Poor you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what are you sorry. doing to Uber drivers drunk, though? That's a, that's a challenge right there. <laughs> so, well, man. Yeah, I will tell you this. I have not had a drunk Uber driver, but I have had an Uber driver in the past who was falling asleep at the wheel while he was driving me to the airport. Like really? I'm having like tell the guy, wake up, wake up, you know. <laughs> he's like he's completely like driving real slow and drifting around and he's like nodding off. I'm like, oh. you gotta wake up, man. My words would have been, let me out. Let me out, dude. I don't even want to be in this car with you. Tom, uh, am I saying his last name right? Segura? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah. Tom Segura. Yeah, the two bears guy. He's a funny yeah. dude, but he's got a bit about a, an Uber driver that was all, you know, being yes, sir, no, sir. And he was like, don't call me, sir. And then the next thing he said was, hey, you want to get high? Like, you want to smoke some pot? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that's hilarious. Have you ever tried to uh, offer substances to your rides? No, but I will tell you that I did offer a rider a bottle of water one time. Her boyfriend just broke up with her. She got in the car. She was very upset. And I just yeah. said, there you go. Well, that's very sweet. Did you give her a little muff rub? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just curious, dude. And just uh, for public knowledge and information, what is the better scenario? Having a drunk driver or a stone driver? Is there even a debate? A walk. I'd rather have a stony. But Brewski's going to walk, dude. And maybe I should get out and walk with him. I get so many passengers in my car that smell of weed and i'm not even talking about like you just smoked a little bit i'm talking about like you climbed inside a trash bag full of weed and you <laughs> rolled around it. for a yeah. while and it's a, yeah. it's like on your clothes so much that when you get in my car 
it's overwhelming to me and it makes me nauseous. You're getting Steve Horny, dude. Slow down. You should smoke a little for that nausea. That's, that's what <laughs> no, but, but think about that, though. I mean, how, yeah, much, that's you, a lot. how much are you smoking, dude, that, that you it permeates your clothes? Hey, smoke stinks and it sticks to stuff. So, yeah, but the correct answer is you'd much rather have a stoner than a drunk driver. So most stone drivers are slow and methodical. They don't care about traffic. It's all good, man. Have we heard about Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Does the name ring a bell? to either of the two it does ring a bell but who is that Act? no i don't know didn't I she have like her, her mother killed by her husband her boyfriend or something like that yeah, gypsy rose blanchard was uh munchausen by proxy her mother raised her as someone who she said was very sick and had her get operations and she was confined to a wheelchair and she was healthy the whole time mm-hmm. uh and she got at a certain age and got an online boyfriend started talking to him and realizing like this isn't normal and so they got together and they killed her mom she just got she did nine years in prison and was just released Uh, this next thing on our list talks about just that people who fake illnesses or hardships for sympathy attention and whatever they can scam others for and out of uh do you have these people in your life dude this is another douchebag move i'm supposed to feel (laughs) sympathy for people that fake sicknesses well do you feel bad do you feel bad for him or do you wait a minute okay so here's the question did jerry feel bad for gary who faked cancer no no remember that when he got gary the 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 hair club for men Obviously, when somebody first is faking something, you have no idea, and you should have sympathy and empathy for them. But as soon as they're outed as a scam artist, why is someone pressuring me to still have sympathy for them because they're so twisted that they made these things up? This is what they're saying, dude. These are things people do and complain about that we don't have sympathy for. So we're done having sympathy, Steve. Let's not have sympathy. I'm agreeing with this list, that I guess, because I haven't had sympathy for any of these people for any of these things, but I can't imagine somebody who would. But Dude, none of these people so far have been in my life. There's no way I could have sympathy for any of these things because I don't know a sugar baby. I don't know someone who's faking an or illness. You know. Yeah, well, that's true. Who knows what people are faking? So, Well, I know my wife's not a sugar baby. <laughs> you know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you might be the sugar baby. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm more the sugar baby, dude. I have sympathy for you, so did I win? Yeah, you do. Uh, we don't have sympathy for people who... <laughs> we don't have sympathy for people who commit crimes like assault, rape, and abuse. <laughs> Battery? Uh, Again, am I supposed to feel bad because you had a crappy childhood and then you grew up and murdered people? I'm supposed to like get down into the layers there? Well, yeah. may, you know, may, maybe they cut their finger when they were busy stabbing somebody. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe That's they got true. blood on on a really nice sweater that, that, that they just bought. Yeah. I don't know. They could have overpaid for the machete they used to hack up your uh, you go. Now you're thinking. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this list is the majority <laughs> of America standing up and saying, listen to me. You <laughs> assaulted, you raped, and uh, you're uh, guilty of battery and abuse, and I don't have sympathy for you. I mean, this is where we take our stand right here. I was going to say, this is a hardcore stance we're taking. (laughs) Listen, I guess I have sympathy maybe for a jaywalker or maybe maybe even some white collar crime. You uh, you know, did insider trading. Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a murder and assault. (laughs) No, we're done with that. Okay. It is a good question, though. What what must that person have gone through in their lives to end up being the rapist, murderer, and all that stuff? Should we should we zoom out far enough to feel bad for everyone involved? I don't know. That's that's a tough question. When it's myopic on rape and battery and assault, uh, I say, yeah, I have no sympathy for you. If you want me to go back to when he wasn't given food and he was physically abused or sexually abused himself, maybe I got to find some empathy. Yeah, I don't have to draw a line somewhere. I've been taught a lot of late. We got to be judging people based on their actions, not their words. So if you come to me and you're, you know, inventing about being molested as a kid and how a terrible youth you had, then, okay, if you stop there, then I'll have sympathy for you. But if you're like, and that's why I killed a bus full of nuns, then it's like, well, hold on now. (laughs) Your actions uh, dwarf your words. I always tell people, dude, I hope that no one judges me on my worst day. 
All right. I, that's my hope. But well, some judges actually do judge people based on their worst days. Well, yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, the rape and battery may be one of those things. Right. It's one thing to murder, but to get caught murdering, that's a yeah. bad day. That's a that bad is, day. That's a bad day. Uh, how about this? We uh, all have people that we know that are uh, always broke. They can't feed the kids or pay the bills, but they're out getting tattoos and partying, buying needless stuff, smoking cigarettes, drinking. But they always talk about how broke they are. Do we have sympathy for them? Uh, right up until the blowing money on other stuff. They're obviously not broke if they're out somehow being able to afford all of these fun items in life. But So, again, we're talking about basically a scammer, somebody who's pretending to be broke and looking for your sympathies. Yes. So, no. Yeah. I don't even have sympathy for people that are actually poor. Like, you know. Go get a job at McDonald's. <laughs> you don't? Dude, let's back that up for a minute. I'm you... joking. Of course I have sympathy. I'm looking at my mirror right now. <laughs> so. All right. I'll give you that. All right. Uh, the next one. People with no accountability. Once I notice this trait in you, I lose any kind of sympathy that I could possibly have developed over the years for you. I've seen it happen multiple times where someone will completely be at fault but refuse to accept responsibility for it, blame others, including the people that they've hurt. You only have my contempt at this point. No longer sympathy for people who have no accountability. What do you think? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, this list seems to be, uh, if you disagree with any of these things, you may in fact be a sociopath, a narcissist, <laughs> right. or some sort of terrible person. Cause why would you have sympathy for these situations? Well, I mean, how? Well, here's the better question. How long... How long do you have sympathy for these things? If you have a friend who has no accountability, I mean, that's a process, right, that you yeah. learn. Like, he never takes accountability, and you're like a teapot heating up. At some point, you're going to start whistling. But So you have sympathy for a while, but this sure. article says we have sympathy <laughs> no more. Straight out of the gate. If you don't take accountability, you're yeah. done. Yeah, listen, by definition on some of these things, it takes time to realize somebody's manipulating you or scamming you or isn't really broke or, you know, whatever it is. So, sure, sure. You know, uh, you know who like this is a very safe list this author wrote. This so far, it I is. I think so, yeah. Uh, you know who we don't have sympathy for anymore? Is people who rally against sexual education and their daughter gets pregnant. We don't have sympathy for those people anymore. Correct. Lauren Boebert and the many others. Uh, Palin, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Palin, Palin Grandma yeah. Palin. Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't know why I would have sympathy for these people. I mean, practice what you preach. So, this writer writes in, says, "Cheaters, especially when they're caught." Sorry, no sympathy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know that you can argue with any of these so far, right? I mean, listen, if you're in some abusive relationship and you know you're being tortured and you escape on a Friday night and you decide to go bang somebody, like I guess maybe I should have some. <laughs> I mean, you better give me your whole life story as you're uh, admitting to uh, infidelities out there. Well, maybe like Bruski said at the beginning of the show. So you had a bad day, do 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 do. Maybe it's just a bad day, dude. I'm thinking this author is a sick, twisted person trying to compensate for their own uh, their own <laughs> shortcomings in life. Like we should feel bad for rapists and cheaters and liars. <laughs> you know who I don't have any sympathy for. Is people that uh, shame others for things they don't have any control over. I don't have sympathy for those people anymore. Oh, well, have we ever made fun <laughs> of people in wheelchairs? Texas Governor Greg Abbott. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know. Oh, we uh, well, you know what? Let's do six degrees of separation here with Mr. Abbott because Mr. Abbott, he, you know what? He's bad. He was a bad person. Yeah, I, I sometimes Fair. karma gets you, dude. I don't know what's it's, I don't know how he became in a wheelchair, but you know, we all run from karma at some point. You make a valid point. We're not actually making fun of him for being in a wheelchair. It's because he's a douchebag, and that's something that's easy to make fun of him for. Yes, for those that even know he's in a wheelchair. I think we've done a good job educating people on that fact. And we do not outrightly make fun of him. By the way, just some turns of phrase happen to sound funny. We don't make fun of everyone in a wheelchair. That'd be wrong. We just make fun of that guy in a wheelchair. How about people who... <clears throat> <laughs> Dude, uh, calling his priest real quick to set up a confession for later. 
How about people who adopt pets and then treat them poorly? Do we have to be? <laughs> I don't get this. What, 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 what's so funny? Well, why I mean, would you have sympathy is why what I'm laughing at. Why would you have sympathy for someone that? who adopted a pet and treated them poorly? <laughs> like, why is that even a question that we would have sympathy for them? Oh, my gosh. Can we just like get the email address of the person who wrote this article? <laughs> I'm telling you, authorities need to go interview this person. <laughs> well, I can collectively write like, a hate email to them that, that we compose <laughs> together live on the show. The scarier <laughs> part about this is, as I told you, this is a curation. Okay, so these are people that wrote in with these things. These are all different people's things that they wrote in and said, I don't have any sympathy for this anymore. <laughs> and we wonder why society is imploding around us that's the stupidest <laughs> thing i've ever read do we have sympathy for people who adopt pets and treat them poorly so no uh, uh how about this one all right when people complain about the relationship yet they refuse to communicate with their partner they just complain and never do anything about it do we have continued sympathy for these people hmm that's a little more debatable because that's getting into the weeds. Like, are you going to go work on these issues or not? Like, that's a whole separate conversation to have with somebody. Yeah. But if they're just coming to you saying, you know, my you know, husband's stepping out on me or my girlfriend got drunk last night and never came home. Like, I, th- I think complaining about relationships with friends, that's probably valid. But um, it's taking a step further. Like, you're passing judgment on them now. Like, go do something about it. Yeah, I think, you know what, like... uh uh, any good friend, I would imagine, will listen to you bitch about a certain thing for quite a long time before they notice, oh, you're just bitching. You're never going to do anything about it. And at some point, it'll probably get old where you say, like, oh, you got to do change it if you want to change it. You know? Yeah, I think if you're a really good friend in that situation and you see it happening repeatedly over a course of time, that may be on you to step up and go, hey, bud, you ever think about maybe talking to someone about this, getting some counseling? Because if you're in some sort of abusive loop, you may, in fact, not see it by definition, you know? Chancy the forest through the trees, Steve. Yes, exactly. So that makes you the douchebag if you eventually don't tell your buddy, like, it sounds like you have a terrible relationship and maybe you should do something about this. So, all right. So we're not, yeah, that one is a little gray. Uh, People adopting pets and treating them poorly. No gray. That's just black and white, right? Listen, I feel bad for the adoption fee that person spent, but otherwise. (laughs) How about people who whine and moan about public assistance programs knowing they would gladly take the help if they qualified? Uh, Well, I think Uh. we've all known some people like this. Or people that complain about welfare, quote unquote, but have no problem with corporate tax breaks and all that kind of stuff, bailing out industries, and you know. I've told the show before. I got a guy in my life who I've known all my well. I've probably known him for uh, since I for thirty years, thirty plus years. Okay, this guy is a Trump lover. And, you know, I can't tell you how he was like, you know, this country to mass everyone, you know, taking welfare and Obama phones and, you know, Obamacare flash forward two years. And he's a recipient of all of that stuff, you know, right. the and hypocrisy. Did he, did he come around or is he no. still admonishing those that are on he's, these things? Yes, he's different. You know, he's I worked hard all my life. You know, he's judging them as, oh, people are just lazy, you know, but not him. Yeah. Well, we've also seen politicians that during COVID, you know, I think it was it was either Bobert or Marjorie Taylor Greene that, that took payroll protection loans for their companies and businesses. Yeah. Which is fine. But don't admonish people that need help when they're down and out. And then you take money when you needed help. Even though yes. it's a different level or whatever, like you're still looking for help, just like corporate bailouts and welfare and tax cuts, tax cuts for farmers, like enough already. If you can't sustain your farm in this day and age, then maybe you shouldn't be a farmer anymore. Or maybe the uh, government restrictions on farming and uh, all the stuff that it requires, those fees should be lessened, you know? I mean, yeah. listen, so, I say take advantage of programs if they're out there and you need need the help, but don't literally take advantage of them. That would be... You know, well, but the, of admonishment. And, but the thing about it, though, is, is when you have people that uh, like Joni Ernst, who is a senator and who still has a farm and she's taking farm subsidies when she has a very large net worth as it is. Right. Yeah. You don't need those subsidies. That's where I draw the line right there. When you have a very large yeah. net worth, 
you don't need those subsidies. Other people do need them. Yeah. It's the same like being on welfare or unemployment. If you've got a bunch of money coming in elsewhere, you don't qualify for those programs. So it should be the same thing for something like that. On a smaller, more relatable uh, note, it's when the uh, stimulus checks came out and people who earned a certain amount of money in their household didn't get a stimulus check. I can't tell you how many of those people were like, I don't get a check. Well, thank God for that. You don't need a check, dude. These are the people who need a check. Did they all spend it like they should have? Maybe not, but it doesn't matter. They need a check. But there also were not parameters set on on those stimulus checks because the whole idea behind them was spend them how you want to yep. stimulate the economy. This well, some of like, them had parameters, some did not. The, the regular stimulus checks, what kind of parameters do they have on those? Oh, I know in California, if you were making six figures, you didn't qualify for some of the no, state no, no, that, that, that's what, the, what I'm saying, though, is, is that they what you spend them on. Exactly. No, they shouldn't dictate what you're spending it on. All I was saying, Brisky, is that there are people out there, that the Republican side of this, that think that morally they were spending it in the wrong, you know, they were out partying. I know, I know what they're saying. I I agree. It's it's called a stimulus check. It's to stimulate the economy. So go out and spend it. Uh, How about being hungover at work? You did it yourself. You've done it yourself. Uh, Do you have sympathy for people who show up and be like, I'm so hungover. I can't do great things. You have (laughs) sympathy for them? All right. Of course. We've all done that. You didn't set out to get hungover. You went out to have a fun night and you're paying the price. So zero sympathy. I I don't have sympathy for them at all. No. But my, but at the same time, if you want to complain about it and bitch about it a little bit, I'll bust your balls a little bit and tease you a little bit. But mm. it's at least you showed up to work. It's yeah. the jerk that that stayed home from work the next day because they they couldn't hang. That's exactly the person right. I definitely don't have any sort of um, uh, sympathy yeah. for. Listen, and if you're a, a fall down drunk and every day you're showing up to work with a hangover because you got a major problem, then no, no sympathy. But yeah, I've been hungover before. I didn't try to do that. I was out trying to have a fun night. And yeah, I would expect somebody at work to be like, maybe I won't scream in your face today. Maybe I will take it down a notch. See, I'm the opposite, dude. I have, zero, I have zero sympathy. I'm not mad at you, but I don't have any sympathy and I will speak a little louder. Uh, I will turn the lights on and off fast a few times, you know, like uh, you got to pay the price you got to pay the piper and hey when i show up hungover i'd expect the same treatment you know you know know what i might do though i i might offer to go and get them like a big greasy breakfast sandwich because that's what you need when when you're hungover like that you need a big greasy breakfast sandwich just a you know, it's so counterintuitive, too, by the way. Like, I'm the same way. I want McDonald's. Like, that sounds like the last thing if you're nauseous, you should be eating. But somehow they, want, they say it soaks it up, soaks it, you know, the grease oh, soaks yeah. it up. Uh, and you should have a little hair of the dog. If, you gotta get a you know, hangover burger, you know, yeah. fried egg, bacon, cheese on a big fat burger. Yeah. So you guys should tell me all the times on our show that we did the drinking challenges and I ended up in a hospital. None of you had sympathy for me. <laughs> Oh no, that well, that was a little bit different because we were doing something uh, for the show, and you put in one hundred and ten <laughs> Luferigno percent, and uh, you got sick from it. So of course, I have sympathy well, then. I mean, I felt bad because I'm the one that made the Jello shots and didn't <laughs> yeah. re- didn't know how to actually make them. I thought I really thought you actually put alcohol in every single one of the cups. Not that you just replaced. The, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. not that, I thought I didn't know that you just. So there's literally a shot in each of those. Not a shot, but I mean, I haphazardly poured alcohol in each one. I wasn't precise. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's I how you did. That's how you did them. I didn't know that you just replaced the the water and Jello with alcohol. That created the alcohol poisoning. Now we the are orange, to the root of it. The yeah. orange Jello shots. Yeah, dangerous. and even if I, you know, I'm at a buddy's bachelor party and I'm the life of the party. We're going hard tonight. You don't have any sympathy for me the next day, huh? No sympathy, no, like, dude. It's, I mean, listen. I got bigger <laughs> things to use my sympathy on than you're gonna have a day with a headache, you know, uh-huh. because you drank last night. First world uh, problems. Yeah. I don't we'll, expect we'll any from you some, either. Some Advil, you know. Yeah. Right. I can't tell you how many days of the month I get up and think, oh. I feel like a pile, but I got to get up and and no sympathy. This is the, this is life, right? So I don't have sympathy for you. I I once, I once woke up in a park in Boston 
on a, a park bench. I had gone to a Red Sox game the night before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was on the complete opposite side of the city when I woke up the next day. I still <laughs> showed up to work. Yeah. That's one of the most food. Boston sentences I've ever heard you say. I went to a Red Sox game and woke up drunk on a park bench. I was on that side of town. But and it, it, we went to work the next day. We no, no, the, the, the same morning. I got up, got on the team, went to work. But here's the weirdest part. Yeah. I had a McDonald's cheeseburger in each one of my pockets, and I didn't even remember going to McDonald's. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what I you love call you. a good night, dude. We're planning ahead for what you knew you need in the morning. Hey, dude, uh, you always hear people say, I always hear people say this, dude, would you steal bread to feed your family, right? You know, that's an age-old question of uh, an ethics conversation. Uh, people who defend shoplifters, we're done having sympathy for them. They just are taking bread to feed their families. No, they're not. They're stealing cosmetics and high-value items to sell yes. for heroin. No, we don't have sympathy for you. All of the videos I've seen online of late of people shoplifting stuff, never once have I seen a loaf of bread under their arms. <laughs> right, or fallout, you know, like, show us what you got under that coat, and right. it's a loaf of bread. Usually a big screen TV, a set of tools, like, I don't know, so. Yeah, uh, are, no, there, no. are there people who have to steal to eat? Of course there are, but, uh, you know, we don't have sympathy for these people that are stealing TVs. Can I give you guys another Brucey story as it relates to shoplifting bread? <laughs> of course, yeah. So one night I was driving with a friend of mine, and he wanted me to go by this local supermarket so he could go get something to eat because he was drunk. He got out of the car and went to the door and realized that they were closed. All of a sudden, he comes running back towards my car, and he slips in the snow in the ground and falls. You know those big... Um, plastic things that, that they put the loaves of bread in when they're like stocking oh, the yeah. shelves and everything. Yeah. He's got about four or five of those. They had gotten a bread delivery. He's running to my car with four or five of those things. He falls in the snow. My door is, he opens my car door and starts throwing loaves of bread into my car. <laughs> my car is completely, my front seat is completely filled. He jumps in the car, landing on top of the loaves of bread. There's one stuck under my gas pedal and he's like, go, 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 go. We took off. I, I, don't even, I, I don't even know how many loaves of bread we had, but the next day, because he lived with his grandfather, his grandfather was like, oh, where'd all the bread come from? I'll be feeding the ducks for months. I have sympathy for you in that situation. <laughs> yeah, you became part of a crime, dude. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, all right. We don't have sympathy for thieves. <laughs> okay, so how about people who have kids to fix their problems and then project those problems onto said kids? Kids aren't Band-Aids. They're humans. We have no sympathy. No. Again, well, I don't know why I would have sympathy for people that replicate human beings to solve their own problems. I mean, yeah. I don't even have sympathy for people that intentionally have kids. You brought that on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a true story. Truer words have never been spoken. This day will not be forgotten. For those of us uh, that had some birth control fail, then maybe I have a little sympathy <laughs> for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that's a little bit different, yeah. Right. How about people who needlessly ridicule others' appearance, appearances or hobbies when they're just living their life? Well, what a stupid thing to say, dude. Am I supposed to have sympathy for a bully? Is that what that's basically saying? Someone's yeah, exactly. picking on you because you like to hang glide? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. How about vacations are such a hassle to plan? Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> what? How about, how about people saying vacations are such a hassle to plan? Airports are too crowded, etc. Hey, asshat, at least you can take a vacation. Do we have sympathy for people with travel issues? No. Have sympathy for me when I punch him in the face and break my hand. <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't no. want to hear complaints about how hard travel is. No, listen, this is an example of a time it's okay to say that's a first world problem. Like when you're complaining about not enough foam on your cappuccino or, oh, first class is not as you know luxury as it used to be. Then, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think that's okay to make fun of those people. But Have you ever come across a high earner living paycheck to paycheck and just had no sympathy for them? You know, spend your money a little better, bastard. That's a tricky one right there. Depends how big of a paycheck. I mean, the, I know plenty of people who 
may be making six figures a year, but they're spending six figures a year. You're living beyond your means still. So even though you have a fancy house and all that, like you've definitely planned this all poorly. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's an area of gray there. Um, if you're a working class person and you're spending all your money on, oh, I don't know, kids <laughs> and shelter and things like that, then yeah, yeah I probably have some sympathy for you. But if you're just a single guy making six million a year and you're spending six million a year, then no, I'm gonna have very limited sympathy. My brother told me something when I was young that always stuck with me. I remember uh, I was probably making about $35,000 a year at the time. He was talking to me, and I was like, I just wish, you know, I made $65,000 a year. Uh, he was like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Like, your situation changes with that, and you'll spend, you spend it. You'll spend it. $65,000, you'll start spending it exactly how you spent $35,000. You know, you just up everything around you and you spend it. It just happens. Yeah. And also, when you have more humans to account for in your life, like, you know, that's a factor as well. Sure. Big difference between being a single guy and one income and being married with multiple kids. So you may be making 100 grand a year now, but you're spending it on three other people too. So there is that. And that's a common problem. The scenario of you're making good money and just spending it all on yourself. Then, no. I've never had this next one. <laughs> okay, so tell me if you, either of you had. Uh, how about when... <laughs> I can't even read some of them, dude. Uh, when streamers complain and hint that chat isn't contributing enough. Say that again? When streamers complain? And hint the chat isn't contributing enough. Even oh, so know. in other words, the people the people who are in the chat thing at the bottom while they're streaming, you people aren't keeping up your end of the bargain. Like I'm doing what I can to entertain you in the uh, stream, and part of what is it's kind of a give and take sort of thing. It's almost yeah. like I'm the one that's having to do all the heavy lifting here, and you're right. not um, typing words like "you suck" or "hey, you're awesome," "you're funny," "you're great," you, you know that yeah. sort of thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't have. <laughs> I guess I'm I don't lost. have. Time to yeah. have sympathy for the no, streamers out there. So. I feel like we're streamers because we're streaming a podcast to you people. What is a streamer? Oh, listen, so a, a live streamer of playing video games, yeah, you know, exactly. like on Twitch. Twitch or something. They're streaming and playing a video game, and you just watch. I'm sure Crosby watches streamers on Twitch. I'm I sure he does. So yeah. if I'm not chat, I'm just watching. I'm not joining in on the chat. Right. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, like on TikTok lives, you can, uh, you know, give sunglasses and it's like donating $3. You can put a cowboy hat oh, on the streamer. It's like donating $5, you know. Or maybe somebody from OnlyFans, you know, there's all those dudes that are just, just sitting there beating off instead of, you know, typing dirty words to her. Or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I want to see more. Damn it, I want to hear what you have to say. Don't just sit there and beat off to me. <laughs> I see. Okay. This to me feels like radio. Like, we don't expect 100% of our audience to call in and request a song or contribute to a contest or whatever it is. Like, I assume if somebody's doing a live stream that most people are mature enough not to be chiming in on the chat box constantly. No, they but want, they want it, in, dude. They want it. Well, I'll yeah. give you a like or something, but I got to sit there and chat with you. I can't just watch you play your game or no. Or it's constant <laughs> conversation of oh boy, you took him out. You did this. Reload, reload. It's constant. You know, it's or it's, even or even chatting with each or even chatting with each other. Like, did you see what he just did? That's awesome, and and that yeah. sort of thing. There, it's like um, fans at a at a sporting event, not cheering, just sitting there all quiet. And that's what the streamers are complaining about. I guess it's a matter of perspective. Uh, when we were having force fights up here i was watching a lot of live press conferences from the fire department and government officials and i was always so annoyed at everyone just chiming in with your random thoughts that no one's watching anyways like shut up and listen to the person we're here to learn something yes i agree dude I, it's different on that twitch i mean they want it i it would be interesting to know if your boy watches twitch he definitely uh, watches gamers like live streaming, so I'll have to ask him: Are you contributing? Because apparently you're supposed to. Uh, how about this? This is uh, this is an interesting conversation. Of uh, this user writes in and said, "I have little support for dudes that complain about child support. You made it; you should support it." That's the statement. So, your thoughts, Stephen? Well, if you are required slash entitled slash, you know, the math makes sense that you should be contributing, then yeah, of course you should be. Uh, there are some people like me where our child support agreement was 
keeping the household incomes equal. And if we're both making the same amount of money, roughly, then neither of us should be paying the other because we have shared custody equally. So if we're yeah. both making equal money, then that's all fair and good. So uh, that's my boat. Um, so for that, no, you don't just get money because I'm the guy. Um, but if I you're will- entitled to it, if the math is you're the breadwinner and she's not and you've divorced, and then, of course, you should be paying. Uh, the re- the only reason I say it's an interesting topic, uh, because obviously I think you should be paying for your children, is that uh, on the other side of this coin, I know people, single fathers, that uh, didn't get 50-50 custody, uh, didn't fight for 50-50 custody because the mom wanted you know to have them most of the time, and then the child support uh, comes, and it's you know completely crazy. Uh, I know that there are struggles out there, that there are certain guys that didn't get the custody they were asking for have to play, pay outrageous child support. Like, what, what do you think outrageous is? You know, for uh, uh, two kids, say one of them is, you know, let's just say that they're 16 and one of them's 10, yeah. 12. I think average child support's about five hundred to fifteen hundred a month. So if somebody's paying two grand a month north of that, then they must be making a lot of money or they got screwed in their <laughs> their agreement. Yeah. yeah. So you think what? do you think two thousand dollars is a lot? That'd be the same. about right. I mean, I will tell you, in my last day of uh, couples therapy, when we declared divorce, I was just wracked with guilt. And I threw out some number that started with a two. Yeah. And both the therapist and my ex-wife were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's no, no, no. <laughs> no one's asking for that much. Like, dial right. it back. You still got to live, too. Yeah. So, But, you know, it's based on your income. Obviously, if you're some multimillionaire, you're going to be paying 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month. But, like, but yeah. what I want to know is, is that, okay, what could possibly somebody need to spend te- to get 10 grand a month in child support but i think i mean even if somebody's making uh, even if someone's a millionaire and that sort of thing yeah. shouldn't it be based on what the actual cost is to raise that child like if they have private school tuition okay that's one thing but i don't get how you like 10 grand a month per kid and i've seen that with some wealthy people I'm like, what is this mother spending ten grand a month on? Well, I, I think it is. I think it falls to that you have to keep up the lifestyle that they're accustomed to. So if you're accustomed to trips to France on private jets, you know, and all this stuff, that's not that, child support. Uh, but if you are accustomed to that lifestyle, I'm not saying I agree that's, with it. But I'm isn't, saying it, but that isn't that's that alimony, rule. though? I was going to say, we got to make a distinction. Alimony and child support are two different things. Completely and different alimony things. is almost never acceptable, if you ask me. Uh, I mean, you the, the marriage fell apart. Like, you can go worry about you. But Nick's point of, you're not supposed to really change the kid's lifestyle significantly. So if they're living in a big-ass house that your mortgage is six, seven grand a month, or you're in a nice private school, or they're used to taking these trips, then yeah, if you're a rich dude, I would say you're, you owe that money because you don't want your kids getting screwed well, over. You just need to make sure the wife is not spending it on herself she's spending it on the kids well and, right. and especially if, if if he's the one that's already paying for the mortgage you, you know what i mean like if, if he's saying yeah. okay you know what you keep you keep Odds the house good, though he's out of the house the wife gets the house now exactly she gets it he's still paying for it and that sort of thing and you know all right i'll pay for the kids tuition i'll make sure the kids have plenty of food and there's money for activities all the things that they, they do there but at some point don't you have to have a good lawyer that says this is a reasonable amount of money, how much it should cost expense-wise for those kids? Yes, you know, but reasonable is relative. You know, yeah. working-class family versus a multimillionaire family. Again, I wouldn't, I'm not advocating it to keep the wife living that life she's been living, but she will by proxy to some extent. Sure. But, yeah, the kids. And, you know, mortgages. I mean, I was living in a house where the mortgage was five grand. I mean, so yeah. 10 grand a month on a mortgage would not be outrageous, especially out west in some well, but, sort of but, decent neighborhood. But if he's already paying the mortgage and that's separate from the child support itself. Well, then that should be factored in. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm, you know. You know uh, alimony is a tricky thing because I do believe that, you know, there are uh, more instances of people that aren't rich like this where maybe, uh, you know, it's not always the mother. So I think that most of the time it is. But uh, if a mother has not gone to school, stayed home, said, I'm going to raise your kids, everything like that, she made part of that lifestyle possible for him to be able to work and stuff like that. If she has zero skills, 
I understand alimony for a while anyway, until she's, it's going to take some time to get on her feet, dude. And under you get a job, especially one that pays somewhat well. Yeah. Listen for a while, I would agree. And then I also, you got to factor in why did you get divorced? If the husband cheated on the wife and she was an innocent victim in this whole thing, then yeah, alimony is probably damn appropriate. But if the wife was cheating on you or the wife just came to you and was like, I'm done with this marriage. I'm out of here. Well, then yeah. alimony is not appropriate at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and and how many women these days are actually from day one stay at home moms and and don't um, go to college or, or something like that? You, you I don't know think I, mean? uh, I don't think a lot in our areas because they're so progressive, you know, but I think a lot sure. in the center America uh, that happens quite a bit. Yeah, well, you, sure. you also have to think about I mean, I know you think about the mom like, oh, if she cheated, then, you know, maybe not. But like. If the mom's not doing okay, the kids aren't going to be doing okay. And especially if you're not willing to take them for 90% custody or whatever, like you got, there's choices to make. It's a messy thing, dude. Yeah. I, I think you got to weigh it, uh, the circumstances, but, um, yeah, no, the, my mom was the, in that situation. She stayed home and allowed my dad's career to prosper while she was raising kids. Uh, yeah. Dottie, my most recent ex, very similar. She was a stay-at-home mom. Her husband's career allowed to prosper and take off. They got divorced. She has no education, no training. She's starting over, going to school, blah, blah, blah. But So, you know, yeah, there, there are scenarios where it's appropriate, but... You know, these sort of blank checks of just the marriage is over, yeah. so pay the woman and buy, like, give her the house and all of this stuff. And, and uh, I've seen this, by the way, with men and women. There's this baloney thing that exists out there where if you get, let's say you're getting alimony or child support for X amount of money per month based on your incomes, and then the wife gets married to a guy that makes good living. You don't owe them money anymore because now she's part of a household that's making as much, if not more, than you. So you don't owe them. But uh, there yeah. are women, and I know a guy that did this too, to my sister, that they just will live with a person because they know as soon as we get legally married, I don't get my child support anymore or my alimony anymore. So they'll skirt the law and just stay girlfriend and boyfriend. And that is effed up to the max. So yeah. messed up, dude. Come on. That's and it's terrible. not just a woman thing. My my sister's uh, ex husband, he uh, he hooked up with a woman who was a corporate CEO making tons of money, and she he should have been paying more child support to my sister because his income just went up, but yeah. they didn't get married so that he didn't technically have to owe her more child support. And so he was sticking it to his kid to stick it to his ex wife. And not only is it morally wrong, but it's also illegal. You know that is illegal. Well, how do you determine that though? You could just say we're not ready to get married yet. Uh, but uh, you know what, if you know that it's, if you know, that's why you're doing it, if there were some way to pr find that out or right. prove that it'd that's be the problem. Now there are you some know. states like California, you'll become common law at some point and then it kicks in, but not every state has common law stuff. So do, do you guys know who George Papard is, correct? George Papard. Oh God. From the 18, he was, I was going to say, 80s actor, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so he was, he was on a, a detective show in the seventies called Banachek. And it was set here in Boston, and um, he only did that show for like two or three seasons because what happened was he and his wife got divorced, and she started taking most of his salary from Vanacek. So and he quit the show. He quit the show. Wow! So, so that he didn't, so she wouldn't get that much money from him. She actually got a significantly less amount of money because his income got got drastically cut. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, people do. I'm sure people do it all the time. And his show was doing really well, but it was just kind of like, what am I doing this for? No, <laughs> you're screwing with the system. So, yes, my sympathies are limited for those types. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, next one on the list complaining that everyone you date is no good. You know what the common denominator is. Are you working on any of yourself involved in these encounters? You might be the one messing your own life up, and you may be having bad luck. I've been debating this topic heavily in my life. Like, gee, seems like the common thread is me <laughs> in all of these <laughs> exactly. failed relationships. But then well, again, you know, is it really, or do I just have bad choice-making skills, like you're saying there, too? Maybe, yeah. Maybe I suck for picking the wrong person, but do I suck? Am I the sucky person for... You know, when the relationship ends, I think the uh, thing that would distinguish it because anybody's going to be bad if they don't work on themselves. Right. Yes. If you're working on yourself and analyzing yourself and not just 
yeah, it's none of it's me, then I think, yeah, yeah. I have no sympathy for you. Yeah. It's almost never just one person. It's the old, no. it takes two to tango. Like yeah. it you know, takes two people to mess this relationship up. If you're both working on it, then things should happen. But if only one of you is working on it, the other one isn't. And the whole narcissist thing, if somebody <laughs> kind of fools you at first, like you think they're a good person and they're not, like, you know. But Does that happen? Hmm. Uh, this this is funny, dude. To move on to some of these, uh, I have a hard time even reading. And see if you can comprehend. Uh, demanding others be deplatformed. As soon as you start advocating censorship, you just lend credence to potentially bat crazy arguments. Uh, it's also really hard to take an upper middle class. Uh, universal study seriously why mommy and daddy are still paying all the bills stop trying to get people de-platformed we have zero sympathy for you this gets into what we talked about before of cancel culture versus boycotting like i think it's uh, american and okay to say like i'm protesting something who's with me and if enough yeah. people are with you then okay that thing's gonna get canceled but just to simply try to cancel somebody because you don't like their opinion um, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I think what you're talking about. And that's where we all agree. Like, you know, the comedian can make the joke. You don't like it. Don't go to a show. Yeah. But, you know, if you put your money where your mouth is and enough people join you, if you don't buy tickets to that show, then, you know, that's, that's okay. That's yeah. the free market at work. Exactly. That's the reason I don't go to Chick-fil-A. Am I making any sort of a dent in Chick-fil-A's business? No, no, they're quite successful without me, but. But they could be more successful if some of us were going to Chick-fil-A. So we're hurting them in some ways. But, you know, uh, if you're just simply trying to cancel somebody because you don't like what they said, not that it was derogatory, offensive or whatever, you just didn't like the joke, like, oh, get over yourself. Yeah. Uh, how about the person who complains about how much groceries cost when they keep cranking out kids like it was a sport? Yeah, dude, your $2,400 grocery bill to feed your nine children is totally unfair. <laughs> Listen, there's a tipping point. You know, the uh, the do guards or whatever with their 18 accounting or whatever. The yeah, that's a mental defect. Like, you should not be making that many freaking human beings. No. And, but, how, and how hasn't that woman's uterus fallen out by now? No kidding. You may have. I don't know. It may be on the floor as we speak. But this happened in early days because they needed the labor, dude. We don't. Yes. You, you don't need that anymore. No, but it is debatable. Is two kids enough? Three kids too many? Like, if you're in that two to five range and you're busting someone's chops of, oh, you're the one that had four kids, like, well. That's a common kind of thing, actually. But 10 kids, 20 kids, yeah, like, yeah. no. There's well, too too much is too much. Come on. Well, Philip Rivers and his wife, uh, you know, ex-quarterback of the San Diego Chargers, well, now L.A. Chargers, he and his wife just had, like, their seventh or eighth kid. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Honestly, well, above three is getting a little crazy. Well, I, mean, the, 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 I mean, he's got plenty of money, though. That's the thing. He's not going to be bitching about his grocery bill or anything like that. But, yeah, that is pretty crazy. That, that you're having more kids, especially at, at his age, too, you know? Yeah. There's some yeah. sort of vanity going into that, but... Um, of course. Yeah, I don't know. You know, my... Yeah, he's, 40, he's 42. I mean, you're, you're having more kids at 42? I mean, granted, Tony Randall had a kid at 75, but, I mean, 42 sure. and you're having your eighth kid? Al Pacino just had a kid in his 70s or whatever. Richard Gere just did it. Um, uh, yeah. It's yeah. enough already. Come on. Don't you care about being around to raise these kids and to have them to lean on you? Come on. Also, people's situations may have changed from the time they had their two or three kids or four kids or whatever. So, yeah. you know, now they've lost their job and are unemployed and struggling. Oh, but you had four kids. Well, I was married and doing fine when I had the four kids, and now life has changed. So. Hey, you know who we're not going to have sympathy for anymore in this country? is uh, people who say, uh, my cartoon Fantasyland, Disney, all these make-believe created for children characters that are coming up as different races. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Black Ariel in uh, right. the Disney films. Like, uh, yeah, we don't have any sympathy for you. Get over yourself. Are you kidding me? Yeah, to me, that goes back to the free market principle. If you're going to recast something and you write it well and they're a good actor, you're, you're going to be fine with it. I could point to a few different Marvel movies. Captain Marvel, like they recast it. It's a woman now. But first Captain Marvel movie was great. Loved it. Second Mark, Captain Marvel movie sucked. Hated it. It's it, it's not the recasting. It's what you did with that product. So no, I'm all for redoing things. So you just got to redo them well. 
But I mean, even uh, further than that, I mean, uh, you know what? If you don't like it, don't watch it. Uh, there's a lot of people that That's aren't. Market. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are there's a lot of people that aren't white males that uh, don't see themselves representative, uh, represented as often in media. Uh, so, you know, something for don't you want to see yourself as a superhero if you're of a certain race or culture? Sure. I mean, you could take it too far and wreck the whole thing for sure, but just admonishing people for giving it a try to change one character from male to female or black to white or whatever. Like, Okay, but but here's the thing, though. Do you remember when they had Daredevil and Elektra, that movie? I do. The Ben Affleck one? Yes. Okay, yes. And who played Elektra? Uh, What's her face? Jennifer Garner? Okay. Thank you. Here's the problem. Elektra (laughs) in the comic book is Vietnamese. Okay. You're talking about now reversing it, though. So I would still argue the same point. Like, you can recast somebody if you do it well. But, yeah, but that's that's not the character. The character that that was created by somebody at Marvel was this particular woman who had this this background because her, her father was an ambassador and, and that sure. sort of thing. You, you know same I mean? example, though. Same movie. The Kingpin in that movie was black. Exactly. Michael Clark that Duncan. I, th- that was like, wh- what the heck is that all about, you know? Yeah, but at the end of the day, art is all subjective, and you don't have to watch it if you don't like it. You just—I mean, I'm allowed to make a movie you don't like. These are fictitious people. It'd be one thing, Hamilton, to recast George Washington as a black guy and be upset about that. (laughs) But these are fictitious characters. You can rewrite their origin. Yeah, but 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 that's somebody else's. That's somebody else's work, though. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like taking the Mona Lisa and repainting it as as like a grunge bro. You, There's you know been I mean? several adaptations of the Mona Lisa, right? I mean, come on. No. Sure. Listen, I cringed a Kurt little. Cobain, Matt... Mona Lisa. Come on. <laughs> I cringed when Matt Damon played a uh, samurai or Tom Cruise played a samurai, and those movies weren't very good, and so they bombed on their face. But, you know, I, I think it's okay to rewrite some stuff if it's, uh, if it's a fictitious character and you do it well. If, otherwise, so they you're can just take my work that I wrote and they can change it. Just because they think that they need to change up something, like make a character a female or something. It's if you my sell work. the rights to your book, yes, they get to do what they want with it. They're risking it, you know. The the, the Jack Reacher movies with Tom Cruise. Reacher's supposed to be this huge guy. They recasted Tom Cruise's little guy. Th- and it I didn't go over very well. I think he does a better job, by the way, than, than the guy who does the, the Reacher show on HBO. Have you watched it? It's on Prime. Yeah. It's on HBO. I think it's great. Yeah. It's a great yeah. show. Yeah. I, I see. I, I like Tom Cruise's Reacher a little bit better. Mm. Just personal preference. Well, this is the thing, right? So you, we we recast things, and then you put it out there. If it goes over well, it, it's it's good. But isn't it the same as somebody covering a song? You know, uh, covering the Beat Puppets, covering Nirvana. You know, uh, it's not still my work, but it's my work. So yeah. Uh, listen. Do you have sympathy for rich people in affluent neighborhoods complaining about homeless people? <laughs> no? No. All no. right. Just just checking. Well, I need to elaborate on that. <laughs> this is the last one I'm going to tell you. Then we got to go. Parents who complain about how busy they are and the amount of money they spend because they put their kids in every sport club activity possible. I would love to spend one night at home. I need a weekend with nothing to do. Mm. You have sympathy for him? That's a tough one. Life is all about balance. Um, and I will tell you, you know, the Hindenburg used to give me, she used to bust my balls all the time about why are you driving your kids around all these events and all these things. Like my kids had a event they would do, like one program or athletics or play or whatever it is. That's part of being a parent. You're a taxi cab driver. You stretch yourself thin. You accommodate these things. Because you're raising little humans and they want to try different things out. Now, do I sit there and openly complain about it? I mean, that's you got to temper that on the parental side because, yeah, you chose to be a parent for the most part and you chose to let your kids do these things. But again, I'm responsible for multiple human beings. You're coming at it from an angle of you're only responsible for yourself, so you can't comprehend why I would be stretching myself so thin. That's where I would say that's more on your fault than mine. But these questions all sound like bastard friends well, because, like, am I not allowed to? Are you not allowed to complain? Like, oh, I just did a weekend, and it, it, me know like, oh, you're giving it all to your kids. Like, I can't have sympathy for that. Yeah, it, it's like we talked about earlier. All of these things are relative. You, as a single person with no kids, or you're not single, but anyone who's a single person with no kids, like, you can be maxed out and stressed too, and you can complain about that, and I'll I'll let you vent. 
my situation, I may be maxed out for different reasons than you, but that doesn't make my pain any less valid. That's right. Well, so my, my only issue is, is that and it all depends on where people live, because if you live someplace where there isn't public transportation and, and that sort of thing, I understand you have to drive your kids and all that sort of thing. But when I was a kid, when I had football practice, I, yeah. I didn't get a ride to football practice or picked up. I had to take the bus across town to go to football practice and 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 that sort of thing. And I see these kids every day getting dropped off at school, getting picked up at school. I had to walk to and from school. <laughs> My parents didn't pick me up from school. D- so different the, generation, Brewski. So I agree. I, I agree. It's a different yeah. generation, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Again, these are all relative experiences for sure. I do live in a town where there is no public transportation. Really. That's why I say that, you, you know, but yeah. So, but no, yeah, again, it's all relative. All right. Well, do you feel like you have more sympathy for people in the world or less? I feel like there's apparently a lot of douchebags based on some <laughs> preposterous <laughs> questions. Uh, yes. on the list. We're still not riding on any sympathy for people who adopt pets and then treat them poorly. We're right. not going to be, we're not going to have sympathy for those people. Apparently. No. Although Sarah Silverman has a great bit about how she only adopts old pets so she can look like a hero, but then the thing dies in like six months. And I, I'm off the hook. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> you know, so uh, maybe for uh, that scenario, I do. Someone just queue up Sarah McLaughlin already, will you? Right. right, yes. <laughs> Our suffering out there. But, and I think the takeaways here is pain is relative. Uh, people's situations are relative. And until you realize they are a douchebag, not paying the child support or not, like, until you've realized they're working the system, like, it's okay yeah. to have some sympathy and empathy and let people vent. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be so judgmental right out of the gate. Like, learn people's stories. Come on. Well, but but sometimes, though, I think it's, as we've heard, especially with the pet thing, oh, I yeah. think it's okay to judge people, like, the minute they, they mention that. Immediately. Absolutely. Yes. Maybe that dog was asking for it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of them in there that, yeah, I think we can have immediate judgment, but some of them might need a little understanding. Exactly, right? yeah. 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 All right, fillers. Well, uh, have a good rest of the week. And thank you, one. Thank you all for tuning to The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski. We love having you bastards along for the ride. Yep. Keep listening to the show. Keep spreading it on the social medias. And check out thevocalminority.net. Anytime you tune in, you going to get a Brewski vote, you ski. Say goodbye, Brewski. Sayonara, Brewski. And we say bye-bye. Test one, two. Test one, two. Stop. I- 